Praise the Lord. Let's take our seats together tonight. Amen. Thank God for the precious blood. If you have your Bibles, we will speak for a few moments on this precious blood tonight. 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 18. 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 18. Father, we just pray tonight. Lord, we give you thanks. We praise you for Calvary. Thank you, Lord, for your death, for your burial, for your resurrection. Thank you, Lord, that you ascended up and high. We thank you one day soon you're coming again. Oh, God, we give you thanks, Lord, for your word, and we pray, Lord, even as we come and gather around your precious word tonight, that you would speak afresh into your hearts. Lord, we pray, Lord, if there's even one tonight that does not know you as Lord and Savior, Lord, that you would move upon hearts tonight, that you would bring conviction of sin. Lord, that you would open eyes and open ears tonight, oh God. Lord, that they would come to know what it is, Lord, to have sins forgiven. Oh God, we do pray tonight for your people, Lord, every believer in this place. Lord, we're just looking to you in these days. We're looking up in these days. Lord, we believe, Lord, these are days that you've told us off. We just ask tonight, Lord, that you would keep us very near that cross. Lord, we pray, even give us a fresh glimpse of Calvary and that precious blood tonight again, Lord. Oh, God, we pray, giving you thanks, pleading the blood of Jesus over this gathering tonight, Lord. Oh, we thank you for the victory there is in Calvary, the victory there is in Jesus, the victory in the precious blood tonight. So, Lord, shut us in with yourself for these few moments, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18. The Bible says, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed, that means to be purchased or to be bought back, that ye have not been redeemed with corruptible things, things that perish, things that lose value, as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. You haven't been redeemed through tradition, haven't been redeemed through religious systems, haven't been redeemed through denominations. You've been redeemed tonight, the Bible says, not from these things, but with the precious blood, the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish, and without spot, who verily was foreordained before, listen to these words, before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times, listen carefully, for you, for you. You know, what an hour, what a day we're living in, what a time, what a time to be born. What a generation to be born into. What an age that we have been born into in these last these last moments of time. You know, you might have heard that many times. You might be familiar with that. You might even take most of what of that what is said concerning the last days for granted. It might be formality to you. It may not even mean much anymore because You've heard it so often. But can I say to your friend tonight, we're living in awesome days. We're living in tremendous times. These days have not happened before in like manner. 
These are days that are very unique to the last days, the individual signs that were recorded by the Lord to tell us of the last moments, the last days, the signs of the age, the signs of the times of what we're to be aware of when Christ would come again. And you know, it's important tonight to know that in these days, even for us who are saved and washed in that precious blood, you know, we have nothing else to offer and we have nothing else to give. We have nothing of religious activity or the traditions of men or the things of man. But tonight, simply, we want to present to you the fullness, the reality of the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That the only answer in the final moments of time for all men, for the church of Jesus Christ, we thank God for all the things that we have. We thank God for the buildings and the music and all the instruments and all the activity. And all those things are precious things and are important things. But let me tell you something. There's one thing that's so important and so precious. And that is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we, we need to know that in these last moments, you know, it's not going to be an intellectual argument. It's not going to be debating theology. You know, I just believe that the theology of the blood is simply this. There's power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. And the blood, here's the theology of the blood, and the blood shall never Amen. lose its power. It's so simple. Yes. And you know, tonight we just look at these few verses and realize <clears throat> what, what the Apostle is bringing to us of this great work of redemption. You know, I love the word redeemed. It's, a, it's an awesome word to be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. You know, it's wonderful to be redeemed. If you're redeemed, would you say amen? amen. We're not ashamed to say that we've been redeemed tonight by that precious blood. You know, that means there was a day in the hour when a man or a woman, and often you see it if you ever walk through a graveyard, you'll come across many headstones with many things that are said about that individual. But sometimes you'll come across a headstone. And you know what it will say at the bottom of that stone after its name? And the beginning and the end. But note it'll say below it, redeemed. And you know that word is an awesome word. It's a precious word. And tonight if you're not redeemed, I pray that before this service is over that you'll leave. Knowing what it is to be redeemed. The hymn writer says, redeemed. How I love to proclaim it. You see, we're not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not ashamed to say tonight that we're saved by the grace of God. We're not ashamed tonight to say that our sins, which were many of all, been washed away in his own precious blood. We're not ashamed to say tonight we're the redeemed of the Lord. And the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That's what we're instructed to do. We are redeemed. That wonderful word means there was a moment in time, there was a moment in a life for everyone who said, Amen, I've been redeemed. There was a moment in that life, there was a moment in time when by the power of the Holy Spirit and through repentance and through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that that woman or that man or that boy or that girl was redeemed, not with corruptible things as silver and gold, but they were redeemed by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know that blood, that precious blood, that means at that moment, that word means that they were purchased. 
They were bought. They were once slaves to sin and Satan and his kingdom. But through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, they were delivered from the power of darkness. They were brought into the kingdom of his own dear son. And tonight we stand redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. It's good to be redeemed. You know, that's the only hope for this world is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, listen to me tonight. There's no other hope in any other thing, in any other man, in any other religion, in any other activity. In this world with all its riches, there is no hope in those things. But the only hope there is tonight is in the person, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the power of his blood to cleanse a man or a woman from all sin and set them glory gloriously and wonderfully free in Jesus to be redeemed you know this is it friends this is ultimately it at the end of a life no matter what you may accumulate no matter what you may achieve in this in this scene of time as far as in the worldly terms no matter how high you may get up the ladder, no matter how rich you may become, no matter how many letters you have after your name, no matter how great a person that you ever may become and how great people may think you are, but in the end of it all, in the end of it all, it's simply this. Are you redeemed by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? Because the Bible tells us clearly, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world, but yet he loses his own precious soul. That's a sobering thought tonight. In this world that is filled with fear and despair and not knowing what to do or who to turn to, I want to tell you that there's hope, and the only hope there is tonight is in the person, the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you redeemed? Are you redeemed by the blood of the Lamb? This is what it says. For as much as you know you were not redeemed, the only means of salvation, the only way a man or a woman can be saved, the only answer to the sin problem in your life, that's the problem. You know, it's not anything else, but it's the sin that's in our lives. It's sin that destroys us. It's sin that brings death. It's sin that brings us low. And it's sin that will bring us to a lost eternity. It's sin, but there is a cure for sin. The cure for sin is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's your sin that has separated you from God. It's your sin that's destroyed your life. It's your sin that will bring you low into despair and depression and confusion. And ultimately, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's sin that's going to, you know what's destroying this world? What's destroying this world tonight, friends? What's destroying homes tonight? What's destroying families tonight? What's destroying marriages tonight? What's destroying our communities tonight? What's destroying Balnehens tonight? Brothers and sisters, it's sin that's destroying this world. But there's a remedy for sin, and it's the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to what he says. For as much as you know you're not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your feigned conversation received from your fathers. But then listen to these words. But with the precious. Do you note that word? I just want you to note this word precious tonight. Would you say the word precious? precious. You see, this separates this blood 
from every other blood that's ever been shed. This makes this blood different from every other type of blood that's been shed in this world. You'll not find any other blood where men would pen these words. It's precious blood. Do you know that word precious? Do you know what it means? It means it's about the, the cost of that blood. It's how costly the blood was. How costly the blood that we've been singing about. There is a fountain filled with blood. And where was it drawn from? It was drawn from Emmanuel's veins. What does that word mean, Emmanuel? It means God with us. What we're talking about tonight is that Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man. Came into this world. He was sent by his Father. He willingly came because God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten Son, fully God and fully man. And Jesus Christ was born of a virgin by the Holy Ghost, lived a sinless and a spotless life, fulfilled all the law on our behalf. And then he gave himself to be nailed upon an old rugged cross. And on that cross, fully God and fully man, we cannot take it in. Man of sorrows, what a name! What a name, man of sorrows! And there he hangs on the cross, Five bleeding wounds he bears, his back like a ploughed field, his head a crown of thorns, his hands and his feet. And lastly, when they put that spear up into that heart of Christ, the blood of Emmanuel's veins, the Emmanuel's veins, the blood of the precious blood of Jesus began to pour out down that cross and kiss this sin-cursed world for you and for me. There's no other blood like this blood. It's precious blood tonight, saints. It's precious blood, sinner friend, in this room. You know, the hymn writer says, Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in this precious blood? The word precious denotes the cost of this blood. It's costly blood. It costs something and someone dear. It cost Jesus his life. A man gave his life for you and for me. The precious blood of Christ as of a lamb. Here is the lamb. John said in John 129, Behold the lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. This is precious blood as a lamb without blemish and without spot. He was foreordained. That simply means before this world was ever created. This is very difficult for us to comprehend. This is the wonder and the mystery of it all. But before this world was ever made, there was a God. That God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is an almighty God. He has no beginning and he has no end. Before there was a planet in the galaxies or a star ever made, he knows every star by name and there's billions upon billions upon billions of stars. He knows how many grains of sand are on the sea. He knows the very hairs that are numbered in every head in this room and across this world. He's an almighty and he's an all-knowing God. But before he created anything in this great awesome God, there was a lamb that was slain before the foundation of this world. Before it was made, 
Christ himself, he's the eternal sacrifice presented to this world that would fall into deep sin through our first parents, Adam and Eve. But Jesus, in the fullness of time, born of a virgin, would come, come into this world to save sinners such as you and I. Can you take it in? When you survey the wonder of the cross, can you fully grasp it tonight? That there's a man called Jesus that came into this world to die for sinners like you and like me. What an awesome thought tonight that a man died for you 2,000 years ago. And the blood of Jesus Christ is as real and as powerful tonight as it was the day that it was shed on that cross. To deliver any man or any woman from all sin and set them free. The precious blood of Jesus before there was a world made. He was slain. He was slain for sinners. And in these last times the Bible says... He was manifested. He was made known for you. You know it's God's purpose. And listen, this is very important. You know, man cannot, it is impossible for any person to bring the revelation of what we're talking about to your soul. Through the preaching of the gospel, through the preaching of God's word, which we are faithful to by the grace of God. But unless the Spirit of God moves in this room tonight and opens a heart and opens eyes and enlightens an understanding, the Bible says that we're blind and we cannot see. But we thank God tonight. It's the purpose of God and it's the will of God to move in this meeting tonight as the gospel is preached and to awaken men and women and show them that there was a man that died for them 2,000 years ago. And tonight by faith if they put their trust in Jesus and if they repent of their sin, that by the Holy Ghost they'll be born of the Spirit and they're new creatures in Christ. It's a new life in Jesus. But man cannot create that. It's only by the Spirit of God. So if you're sitting here tonight and you're saying, well, I hear what this man's saying. And I've been coming to these meetings for some weeks. And I hear them stand and, and testify and sing and rejoice about this Jesus that they talk about. But I don't have what they have. Can I tell you something tonight? I want you to hear me. God's no respecter of persons. Listen to me tonight. There's no great people and we people. When you come to the cross, we're all on a level playing field. We're all sinners and we need a savior. And by the grace of God tonight, you're in this meeting. That God would open your eyes that you would see your need of a savior. That there's repentance of sin and there's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can know what it is to have your sins forgiven. It's no wonderful tonight. I'm so thankful that my sins are forgiven tonight. All my sins are under the blood tonight. Praise the Lord as your sins under the blood. You see, there's an accountability for sin. There's an accountability for sin. Listen, you may skip a lot of things. You may get around a lot of people. You may get around your parents with your sin. You may be able to stroke them. You may get around the law with your sin. You may be able to run and get away from it. But I want to tell you something. There's a payday for sin. The Bible says, we've quoted it already, the wages of sin is death. There's a payday for sin. There's the law of the harvest. Whatsoever a man shall sow, that shall he also reap. 
Listen, there's a day comes, there's a day of reckoning, there's a day of accountability. And oh, I do believe this tonight that we're so close to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a judgment day coming, you see, friend. There's a day coming when Christ will judge, Jesus Christ will judge this earth. He'll judge all those that have rejected him, who did not love the truth, who he gave over even to a strong delusion that they would believe the lie. And you know that enemy is a liar, the spirit that is working in this earth at this present time. That is the devil himself. He's a deceiver. He's a liar. He's a thief. He's come to steal, to kill, and destroy. And he will come by whatever means. He'll tell you that you're too good to get saved. And he'll tell you that you're too bad. He'll tell the young that you're too young. And he'll tell the old that you're too old. He'll tell you that it's not for you. He'll tell you many things. But he's a liar. Because Jesus came and he died for all men. He's not willing that any would perish. But that all would come to repentance and faith in Christ. This precious blood is an awesome thing. It's precious to those of us that believe tonight, it's a precious thing to know that you're covered. You know, we're singing that tonight. It's good to know you're covered in the blood. Amen. You know, with everything that's happening in this world, I'm just so thankful. You know, I just get the focus. Get the focus away from the BBC updates. Get the focus away from Belfast Live updates. You hear all the phones going beep, 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 and something else has happened. But I want to tell you something. I'm just thankful tonight that we can turn to God's word and we can look up because our redemption draweth nigh. Jesus is coming soon and we're washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Nothing else is going to get you into heaven. A good Pentecostal, a good Presbyterian, a good Methodist, a good Catholic, none of those things are going to get you into heaven tonight, but only that you're washed in the blood of the Lamb. No other way, no other way but the precious blood. This is precious blood. Friends, listen, this is precious blood. This is the blood that so many today, even within Christian circles and church circles, don't want to speak about, don't want to sing about, don't want to pray about, don't want to rejoice in. But I thank God tonight we'll rejoice in this blood. Amen. We'll rejoice in this precious blood. It's precious, friend. Listen to me, it's precious. It costs, it costs greatly. It costs green. You know, salvation is free. It's faith and repentance. Believe in your heart and call upon the name of Jesus, you shall be saved. But see that salvation, it cost greatly. It cost greatly. Jesus died on that central tree, hanging between two thieves, hung like a criminal. Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, taking the curse for us. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, left the splendor of glory to come into this world to die for you and for me. Can you take it in? Can you really understand it? Can you grasp it? That a man died in your place, that he's taken your sin, he's taken your punishment, he's paid the price Thank God, tonight we can say it's paid in full. Do you grasp it? That Jesus came into the world to save sinners? You know, we often say it, but if you can save the chief of sinners, you can save anybody. Paul the Apostle wrote these words that he was the chief of sinners. 
And thank God what a wonderful conversion on that road to Damascus. How the Lord wonderfully saved him. See, are you washed in the blood? Saints, tonight we're coming. We're coming into a day and an hour and an age. We understand in a broader aspect of everything of the events that are unfolding as the Lord has told us these things very clearly. Matthew chapter 24, that all these things will come to pass. Clearly we've been instructed when the disciples asked concerning the end of the world, Jesus clearly instructed them of the signs and the indications of that time. And we are now living in those days. Brothers and sisters, what's our hope? Really, what's our hope? What makes us different from the rest of the world? Is the world are living in fear and doubt and not knowing where to come and that is a tangible thing. How many people know it's real? Mm-hmm. Their brother prayed tonight. He has not given us a spirit of fear, but that fear is very real, isn't it? Do you see it? Do you feel it? Do you hear it? Everywhere you turn, we see that spirit of fear pressing in. But God, saints tonight, has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. And how will we stand in these days? And, and what strength will we stand in? And whose strength will we stand in? By what ability are we going to stand as believers? I'm going to tell you something. We're just going to stand trusting in the blood of Jesus. You know, there's nothing else. It's not complicated. It's not a new thing. But it's simply just that old cross. The power of the blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient in these final moments of time. You turn over for a few moments. I want to show you tonight. And we know again these verses are so well known. But I just want to go through them. It's in Revelation chapter 12. And I know there's different interpretations and understandings concerning the last days, eschatology, the events, who this is referring to, but I'll just share what I believe tonight. <coughs> Revelation chapter 12, it tells us, we go right back, as the Apostle John is bringing us the revelation here of Christ and his birth uh, and, and the persecution that was, and the threat from the Antichrist and the kingdom of darkness against them, but just to go through this chapter for a few moments, it says there appeared a great woman in heaven, a woman clothed, Revelation 12, with the sun, and the moon's under her feet, and upon her head is a crown of twelve stars. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth, pain to be delivered. And we know that Jesus was born of the Jews. We understand this to be Israel. And through that Virgin Mary, we see the twelve and the twelve stars representing the twelve tribes that Christ was born of the Jews. And here we see this travailing that there would be a birth and pain to be delivered. Then in verse 3, listen what it says. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon. And the red dragon here, having seven heads, ten horns, and seven crowns upon his head, this speaks of Satan and the Antichrist kingdom. This Antichrist kingdom, we've been looking at it for a number of weeks, the man of sin, the rise of that kingdom that will rise up out of the nations of this earth. And I tell you very clearly what I believe. I believe that that kingdom's already here. It's already risen. And all around us, we're seeing the manifestation of an Antichrist world in every aspect of society, whether it be in the media, whether it be right through to all this environmental stuff, this climate change people, and all right through in politics, 
The economy in every aspect and every fabric of society has been infiltrated and driven by this Antichrist world. Behind that is a real power. I'll show you that power in a moment because that power is working here upon this earth. It is the devil himself who is a liar, who is a thief, but he knows his time's very short. It says in verse four there, it says, on his tail. Now we're going back to a time. We're going back to a time before this earth was ever created. His tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven that cast them to the earth and the dragon and the dragon stood. We're talking about a time here when a third of the heavenly host of heaven along with Satan, when Satan would rise up against God on his throne, Satan himself in his rebellion, there was a third of that heavenly host, the angels of heaven, created beings, along with this archangel Lucifer, were cast out of heaven itself. But we see them here in all their fury. And it says there before the woman which was ready to be delivered. So now we see here there is a purpose and a plan of God to bring forth this Christ, this great deliverer, this Savior. But we see also that there is a kingdom, there is a, there is a devil, there is an antichrist world that is standing against this woman for to devour her child as soon as it was born. So what we see here is the purpose of God in bringing forth Christ. I want to show you something so that you understand because it's beyond the kingdoms, the political systems of this world but they are being driven, they are being driven by a satanic power. You're going to see what we just read there. The woman was ready to be delivered for to devour her child. This was the dragon. But if you turn over into Matthew chapter 2, I'll show you then that it was the kingdoms of this world or those that were in position. In Matthew uh, chapter 2, Matthew chapter 2 and verse 16, you remember the wise men came to seek after the Lord, to worship him. And they went, of course, to Herod. But here we see in Matthew at chapter 2 and verse 16, after they had gone and they were warned not to go back to Herod, verse 16 says these words, Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth and sent forth and slew. What did he do? He slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coast thereof for two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. There was fulfilled that was spoken by Jeremiah, Jeremiah the prophet, saying in Ramah, there was a voice heard, lamentation and weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and would not be comforted because they are not. We see here, this is what we're reading in Revelation. We see here that this dragon, is manifested through Herod as Herod would bring and destroy all those children that were two and under in order that he would devour and destroy this Christ. But the hand of the Lord was upon Mary and Joseph and the hand of the Lord was upon those wise men to preserve that life as Christ had come into the world to save sinners. We read it here then in verse 5, and she brought forth, Revelation 12, she brought forth a child this child was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. This is Jesus with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up. Now we're noticing something else. He's covering quite a lot of different key areas. But here he says his child was caught up unto God and to his throne. What's he speaking of there? 
Speaking of the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ, the psalmist gives us an insight into that also. If you turn back into Psalm chapter 24, just for a moment, Psalm chapter 24, I'm coming to a close in a few moments, but I want to show you these last days what we have, our only hope. Psalm chapter 24, we see and get a glimpse of the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, this child was caught up after the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus. Then we get a glimpse here from the psalmist. It's the ascension psalm. Verse 7 says these words, Lift up your heads, O ye gates, be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors. And this is the moment we believe that Jesus Christ entered into glory. As he has conquered death, sin, the devil himself has overcome this world. He's ascended up into heaven. We know that find in the book of Acts and the promise that he will come again in like fashion. But as he entered into that realm, lift up your heads, O ye gates, be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? He's the Lord. He's strong and mighty. The Lord is mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? He's the Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Selah. That's the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ. So in this chapter, we see that the apostle is covering quite a, quite a broad spectrum in the eternity and the time. Now we read that the woman is fled, verse 6, into the wilderness where she had a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. Now we see, now some believe there's a rapture there uh, from verse 5 to verse 6. I don't believe so, but that's what the Bible tells us here, that this woman flees in to that wilderness, and there she's there prepared of God. But now verse 7, here's where I want to come to. There was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. Who's the dragon? The devil. the devil. And there was a war in heaven and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought against his angels and they prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven and the great dragon was cast out. Now see that verse 9. I, this is what I believe anyway. Verse 9 I believe that is Calvary. We're talking about Calvary. When the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent, the devil himself, and Satan, what does he do? Deceive the whole world. He was cast out. Where is he cast out to? He's cast out into the earth, and his angels are cast out with him. Do you know on the cross, when Jesus Christ cried in John chapter 19, it is finished. That devil was cast out into this earth, defeated through the Lord Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. It is a finished work. He now has been cast out onto this earth. And the Bible says, and I heard, verse 10, a loud voice saying in heaven, Now, from that time on, until this present day, now is salvation. Do you know what salvation means? It means to be saved, to be delivered, to be made whole, to be a new creature in Christ. Salvation has come. Wouldn't it be wonderful tonight to know that salvation has visited this house? 
that someone gets gloriously, wonderfully saved by the grace of God. Now, this is the day, that's what it's saying, presently. There's not another time. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. But it says, now is salvation come. Deliverance has come. There's a way to be saved. And then it says, and strength. That word there simply means, from that word we get dynamite. Dunamis, there's power. For as many as receive him, to them he gives the power to become the sons of God and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of the brethren, praise the Lord, is cast down. He accused them before our God day and night. You know, I believe that, you know, in the Old Testament, we read that Satan enters in and speaks to God concerning his servant Job. I believe at the cross, that was no longer possible. No longer could he enter in to speak to God. He was cast out. God has cast him out. The accuser of the brethren has been cast down. Then it says these words, verse 11, and this is it. Brothers and sisters, as we close tonight, and they overcame him. This is the devil. This is the accuser of the brethren. This is him that's been cast out onto this earth, working with all deceivableness, lying, thief, and, and murdering, and every type of deceivable work to deceive those that know not the Lord. But they overcame him. That's the church. By the blood, this precious blood. Thank God for the blood tonight. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Have you got a testimony tonight? Brothers and sisters, have you a testimony? You know, this crunch, this tribulation that we are entering into, I'm going to tell you something. The pressure is going to increase. There's going to be a day that everything of what you say you are, you're a Christian, you're going to have to start believing that and living that. It's not going to be enough just to have a name only. Just to have a name only that I'm a Christian. But you're going to have to know in whom you believed in. And you're persuaded that he's able to keep that which you've committed to him against that day. This is where the rubber's going to hit the road. Are you hearing me tonight, brothers and sisters? You'll not be able to play church any longer. You'll not be able to have a name only and deny the power thereof. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives unto death. Verse 12 says these words. Therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. Woe to them. Why? For the devil has come down unto you having great wrath. The outpouring of demonic powers in the last moments of time. We're seeing it. Brothers and sisters, the suicide is rampant. Northern Ireland. We are watching the, the soup kitchen there in, in, in Belfast. They're trying to help those drug addicts. Four or five overdoses on Saturday night alone. That's just one wee place trying to help people. Young people, 14, in the hospitals. 12 and 13 year olds coming in, overdose. Turning to everything suicidal. Let me tell you, the devil has great wrath. And he's come down because why? He knows, listen, he knows this. This is what he does know. The devil knows his time is short. He knows it's short. He knows just a little time because what's going to happen, listen, brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ is going to burst through those clouds in all his glory and all his splendor and all his might 
and all his power with 10,000 of his saints. This world is going to end, not with a nuclear bomb, not with a virus, not with a meteorite coming through the sky. This world is going to end when Jesus bursts through those clouds. The devil knows his time's short. And so he's fired everything. He's unleashing everything in these last moments of time. Do you know, we've just got one wee answer for, for the devil tonight. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Nothing else. Plead the blood over your home. I know people, some people find that a strange thing, but I tell you, plead the blood Amen. over your home. Plead the blood over your car. Plead the blood when you're traveling. Amen. Plead the blood when you're in work. Just plead the blood. Well, I don't really find it anywhere. I'm going to tell you, see this blood. I'm just going to keep pleading it. Amen. It's worked with the old saints for years. Amen. And then we get all modern and intellectual and we try to get all smart. I want to tell you, the blood of Jesus Christ is enough. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. The word of their testimony. They love not their lives. What a day selfishness, living for self. It's all about me. It's all about I. It's what I think. It's about keeping me happy. Brothers and sisters, thank God tonight it's all about him. Mm -hmm. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Yes. You're thankful for the blood yes. tonight? You're thankful for Thank that blood? <coughs> Today is the day of salvation. We have nothing else but this blood. But the blood's enough. Amen. You're in this room tonight. Truly, you've come to a place. You see what's happening. You understand it to a certain degree. This world's... Saints, isn't the world a mess? Yes. I mean, it's just a mess. And you can see it. You can understand it. Can I tell you, all these things, all these things have been prophesied. You've been instructed through God's word that these things will come to pass. This is what we've been told will happen. And it's happening. Jesus is coming soon. The devil is doing everything to destroy lives. And friend, tonight, to a measure we see what he's doing. But can I tell you tonight, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, will cleanse you from all sin. The blood's the answer. You turn to Christ tonight. Turn to him. Be washed in this blood. Be delivered through this blood. Be set free through this blood. Be healed through this blood. It heals minds. It heals bodies. There's precious blood tonight that's been shed. The answer's in that blood. Let's pray it again. Thank you.